It's the True Penny Show. With your host, James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name is James True Penny. This is my show. And today, we did say we were going to look at Gleet version 25. Unfortunately for us, <laughs> um, Glate, we think, probably got a nice deal from DV Asia or from Giora or a Japanese nice record company to have their little show on the 20, version 25 on TV, in which case they take it off of YouTube until it's been shown on television and then it'll go back on YouTube. And as me, Marcus and John had decided to watch it essentially all on the Sunday before we did the podcast. It had gone before we had all a chance to watch it. Now, John, unfortunately, has got busy with reviews um, and can't join us today. But to join me from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, is Mr. Marcus Green. How are you doing, sir? Doing okay. Glad to be back. Uh, talking, talking some Japanese wrestling, but of a different brand. So uh, definitely excited to you know get off into some glee. Like you said, it wasn't exactly the one we were uh, anticipating to watch. They you know, see Gleet take it and they give it away. Uh, they, give it they give it and they take it away, I should say. But uh, I'll catch it later, like you said, once it uh, gets uploaded. But uh, Gleet 24 was still good. Yeah, it is. It's a cracky little show. It was from You Made a Sky Building Stellar Hall in Osaka, Japan. And I, I love the fact, because like when you watch an indie company and they don't go to all the big halls, so you get to know the names of the little halls. And Umeda Sky Building Stellar Hall may be the best name for any building I've ever come across. It's just, no. isn't it? It's a satisfying five words. Umeda Sky Building Stellar Hall. No, you're not wrong. And, and as as an um, as an American fan, I can appreciate it because the the dome names over here are getting stupid about a year, it seems. <laughs> so I, I can appreciate a, a a good haul, you know, and you know which which we always get in in Japan, you know. Yeah, so. of course, Osaka, but the but the, the my favorite uh, Japanese venue from a name sonority wise is of course Osaka Joe Hall, which is just rolls off the tongue the way it's supposed to but yes um this show uh, was in front of 218 people it was on the 3rd of may we haven't covered it but we did cover the other two shows from this from april so we're kind of actually we're pretty much doing more or less every great show <laughs> um, so yeah and why not it's free and everyone seems to like it and we always get good reviews and the boss of Lidette, who owns the company Follows us on Twitter and always retweets it for us. Gotta love it. Gotta love it, yeah. Uh, the show opened with a G-Rex title number one contendership match with Shingehiro Iri of your Strong Hearts going up against Czech Shimatani of your Bulk Orchestra uh, in a corking little number one contenders match that really kicked off the show. Before that, I should mention, though, let's get this start, because to set the tone for the evening... The tone was about um, Strong Hearts versus 60 Seconds. The two babyface um, factions were having a bit of a, a showdown over, over the evening. So they drew um, balls. So each side had a box with team members' names on it. And um, the ring attendants held the drew balls. And then uh, they announced who was going to wrestle each other, uh, which we'll get to later in the show. 
But basically, Tetsuya Iskja um, drew Onitsoka from um, uh, from Strong Hearts. Toshi uh, <clears throat> from 60 Seconds scored El Lindemann from Strong Hearts. And Keiichi Sato scored uh, T-Hawk from Strong Hearts. So that tells you how those things go across. And which, of course, I'm sure you will have seen Strong Hearts in AEW and the bits we've seen of New Japan Pro Wrestling. But I'm not sure you know the history of 60 Seconds yet. No. No, I will explain the history of 60 Seconds uh, when I've looked it up and made sure I've got it right. <laughs> um, basically, it's all the young guys on the... Um, uh, it's all the young guys on the roster who kind of banded together, uh, or a lot of them banded together, uh, just after Christmas. Um, and this, it, it's Tetsuya Ishika, and Tonsho, and Kiichi Sato. And they basically, I think it was Ishika and Tonsho had a match together, and Ishika beat Tonsho in less than a minute. But he really liked his fire, and he wanted to kind of stick with him. So they started this faction called 60 Seconds a babyface faction for the younger guys. And uh, it's really working well because there's a couple of factions building up. And that's, that's, as we know, that's how Japanese working words. You build your factions and that's the way it's all worked out. Um, but yeah, so how did you think about the presentation of the match drawing? Because I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, it kind of come full circle because um, we, we basically just laid out the 60 seconds uh uh, description and, and and basically origin because it very much felt like in a lot of these matches um and i was going to ask you about this because obviously i wasn't familiar i'm not familiar with any of the, uh these these gleet athletes if you will that you know it kind of felt like like the young guns going against these veterans because there was a sense of urgency and a sense of i got to prove something yeah uh, with some of the guys in these matches, specifically with the pace at which some of these guys were going. So, um, but like I said, because it's Japan, you never know. Like somebody could look a certain age or, or look a certain way and be like the same age as the guy that looks older sometimes. Um, yeah. But that that makes all the sense in the world and really kind of bring things full circle. It feels good that I assumed right in a way. Um, yeah. And I that, mean, that makes a lot of sense. I think as well, like, I think we've mentioned this before. A good wrestling company should be able to tell a story without having to use language, if yeah. that makes sense. And Glate is really good at that. It appeals to an international audience because I don't speak Japanese, but I can tell what's going on. All right, I am a Japanese wrestling quote unquote expert. I've watched more than enough for a wrestler to know what's going to happen. But equally, I don't think if you'd never seen it before, when we showed this to Matt Roberts, when we've shown it to Daryl O'Connor, and we've shown it to you, and all of you going, oh, yeah, I get this. <laughs> this makes sense. I mean, Matt, Matt complained that he didn't like the lack of commentary, and he would like to have seen more commentary, but he's a guy who tends to watch WWE and AEW. He's a very mainstream wrestling guy. But Dara, who'll watch pretty much anything, and preferably the weirder the better, he really got it straight away. And I think you would, that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to see it as well, because I think you get it straight away as well. Yeah, and also I think I'm a, I'm, I'm a magistrate, imaginative enough and have seen uh like the levels of quality of wrestling to to kind of make my own head commentary yeah, um, yeah. stuff and 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 if not just appreciate what i'm seeing because i am fascinated with what's going on like i said the dynamics of this is clearly a young gun trying to prove something um to this potentially grizzled veteran and get them out of the way early because they know 
that prolonging it only takes the match out of their favor. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, then. We'll start back to where we started, which was Shigehiro Iri of Your Strong Hearts defeated Czech Shamatani of Your Bulk Orchestra at 13 minutes and 42 seconds. Iri is the Swiss army knife of Purorasu uh, at the moment. He can do everything that you need him to do, and he can do it really, really well. Um, he's kind of like they bang him in main events as a baby face. If he needs to be a subtle heel to get things work, he'll do that. He can work with aerial style wrestlers. He can work with big monsters. He can make everything look really, really good. I love the guy. He's been around forever. And I just love watching him wrestle because he'll make something work somehow. One way or another, you're going to have a good match. And this was a perfectly good match. Czech Shimatani is an annoying little git. And I love him for it. And so this was two of my favorites from Clayt. And I really enjoyed it. Bulk Orchestra are the big heels, if you haven't guessed. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this kind of goes right to what I was saying, um, and I'm not going to be trying to compare them to the New Japan uh, athletes for the whole show, but but Erie very much kind of gave me the aura of, uh, and I want to see if you agree with this, of Ishii. Yeah, yeah. He's that, he's that, um, that veteran wall that a lot of people have to get over. And like Ishii, he can go with anybody. You know, he could, Ishii could, could, you know, have a five star with somebody like a Cobb, or he could go and have the same match with somebody like a, uh, a Osprey. And obviously, those are very different and contrasting styles. But usually, you can go back and forth with anybody. Um, and it played well off because, like you said, Czech is an annoying little, uh, you know, twat, if you will. And uh, <laughs> he very much, you know, it, like you said, anybody that watches a show like this can immediately get what it is, specifically with this match, because you got the kind of you know, the the, the grain-eating heel, if you will, taking breaks, running out the rain, this, that, and third, trying to create space and then take advantage of that. And then you got somebody like Erie who's just going to take it all, give it back, and then you basically outlast the little dude, you know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but he definitely looks like, the minute you see somebody like Erie, you know, like that, that's, whether he's a face or a heel, that's the guy. Yeah, he's got a look about him, hasn't he? Yeah. I don't think he gets the chops that T-Hawk and Seema and Lindemann do in Strong Hearts. Um, just, just because he's not... The, like the rest of Strong Hearts are kind of like on that junior heavyweight, heavyweight border. They're all very lucha-orientated. And Iri's just not. He's very much a big guy wrestler. And yeah. therefore, he, he's the square peg in the round hole. But he can just base for everybody, and he does so much. You know, it's it's awesome that he can, like, you just have great matches with people. And I think you're right. I think that's a fair comparison is, like, he's kind of the Ishii of Glate in the sense of we need somebody to have a decent match with X. Well, he will. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this is the number one contenders match. This is a big deal. And it's the opening match on the show. You've got to set the tone. So that was really, really cool. Um, Yeah. And I think this match was excellent and it worked really, really well and a brilliant way to set a tone, especially for someone like you who's never seen the product before. You kind of know what you're getting after you've seen this, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the next up, which is something unusual for you, I would guess, because Japanese companies don't tend to have mixed rosters and Glate very much does. It's kind of the philosophy of the show is to be back to the glory days of 
Japanese professional wrestling in the 1990s when you had the big Joshi companies doing well, the shoot style wrestling companies doing well, the King's Road wrestling companies doing well, and the strong style wrestling companies doing well. There's always a mix and match of everything. And there is a two-woman roster on Glate, uh, of which Michiko Miyagi is the lead member. And she wrestled a Kenny Fujita and lost in nine minutes and 35 seconds. Uh, Akane Fujita is part of a stable called Prominence, but it's not just really a stable, it's also a promotion. They're a kind of wandering, kind of a wandering stable who wrestle for everyone. So they wrestle for stardom, they wrestle for um, DDT, they wrestle, they've done some stuff with TJPW, they run their own shows. They're kind of a bit like Strong Hearts, but for female wrestlers, if that makes sense. So, like, you know, Strong Hearts have gone off to do stuff in OEW. They did stuff in AEW. They obviously came and helped out and start with Glate. They do stuff in New Japan. They wrestle for Highest Bidder, really. Um, and as extra, extra gate guys that kind of got that fame. Well, Akani Fujita is the leader of prominence, and she has kind of a similar deal. Myself and John uh, did a prominence special a few months ago and kind of outlined what they're really all about when they launch themselves as this super faction um they love they love all sorts of joshi they're big into death matches as well <laughs> so hence why john loves them so much this was very far from a death match this was a proper joshi match uh michiko miyagi hasn't got the best one left record i'm wondering if they're building her up for something special because she has a tendency to lose to the big names and she's had an interesting career up till now she was trained by mako satamura she was a sendai girl for a very long time when her contract went ran out with Sendai, she went to stardom, where she kind of got hung out on the vine because she wasn't one of those stardom girls, if you see what I mean. She, you know, she she wasn't a, a classical, good-looking bikini model type wrestler that stardom specialize in. Not to say they're all like that, and they're all very good wrestlers, but she wasn't one of those people, so she didn't really get booked really as much as she should have done. And now she signed on with Glate as their top female star, and she seems to be you know, it's like a weight's been lifted off her shoulders and she wrestles with, like, gay abandon. But she's not winning a lot. So I'm wondering if they're kind of lining her up for something special. She was especially um, upset to lose to big Hashimoto from Sendai Girls in a shoot-style match at the beginning of, or the end of last year. And that's kind of told her story. I don't think losing hurts her. I think they're building up for something special. And if the fans really do get behind it. What's your thoughts on this match, Marcus? Oh yeah, again, I appreciate the background. Yagi um, definitely came off like a star. Um, even though with me without me knowing her win loss record, she very much came off like somebody that you know has been off in a lot of different scenarios. Um, you know, big mid uh match range and stuff like that. Um and Fujita very much came off again. Uh it, it felt like the theme of the, for some most of this show felt like a you know, a veteran that that had been there stood there and kind of slowed the match down a little bit introduced more submissions into the match which uh differed from the first match because it was a lot of hit and run in that in that uh in that first uh contender but uh which i very much appreciated and I always you know even though it's not my favorite move i always see uh i always appreciate seeing like a half crab in a match for some reason <laughs> um but uh yeah i mean if it must came off like that and and you know said like miyagi 
maybe like you said they're doing some long form storytelling and and, and win loss record which i always appreciate a lot of times more with um you know a lot of performance because it's something easy to do that's believable all the way around when you're talking about turning somebody to face a heel yeah um, you know um so because oftentimes sometimes fans just care about having matches but a lot of these performers that win loss thing counts and and sometimes the performers they pay attention to it too but sometimes you could just be inundated with so many matches you just want to want to see the person you like uh be there anyway but hopefully like you said that is something and maybe that's something we'll see carry over as we you know uh if we continue to do cover some of these shows we'll see what happens there but this was a good match it's funny because i almost didn't pay attention um to the fact that you know we got uh women on the show not saying that i didn't want it very much appreciated but it was just something that kind of just felt um like it was just normal like it wasn't this out of body thing and maybe because i hadn't watched new japan in a while but this definitely uh felt normal and felt uh good to see and hopefully maybe on the next show we'll get some women in, in some tag situations yes oh they, they do do tag she has got a a tag team partner. There are two women on the Glate roster, and I can't remember the name of the other one. Let me just talk to and find a roster somewhere. Do, 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 do. Results title roster. There we go. Uh, uh, Yukari Hosokawa, I think, is one of them. Um, Nietzsche Miyagi. I'm sure it was Hosokawa. Let me just check and make sure. This is where I'm going to like say it's Hosokawa, and it'll be a bloke. <laughs> Uh, images. Yes, that's a. I was right. Phew. <laughs> Yukira Asakawa is uh, is the other wrestler. She's much more kind of like small petite lady, um, much like high speed style wrestler, and she's very very good. So I will try and find some of her stuff, um, so you can compare and contrast because Miyagi's kind of a big it power wrestler, isn't she really? So it's a very different kind of approach. But yes. Next up, we had a tag team match, which pitted Masato Kamino and Takanori Ito against Hub and Tida, with Hub and Tida on the losing end. 13 minutes and 49 seconds in a complete contrast of styles match. You've got Masato and Kamino, trainee of the DDT Dojo, kind of a, a King's Road style traditionalist wrestler. You've got Takanori Ito, Ito is very much a shoot style uh, strong style wrestler, even though he trained in the Wrestle One Dojo, and then you've got Hub and Tida, who are both kind of luchadors. Really, they're Japanese, but they're Japanese luchadors. Let's be honest about this. So the interesting mix of big hitting shoot style luchery stuff, but everything flowed in this match, and everything made sense, and it was fun to watch. Which is the main thing, really, because you're trying to keep Ito and Camino boiling over as you know. Strong babyface draws. You need something to keep them going. And Hub and Tito were just the guys to get that job done. What do you think of this one, Marcus? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and again, it's one of these matches. Like even if you don't know um, zilch about anything related to the show, that's that's a easy between an aesthetic and a, like you said, the contrast of styles. It's a simple, and easy story to, to watch and follow. These guys are high flying, flying around, doing their thing, speed. Um, Adidas on their side, and then you got these guys, like you said, traditionalist, uh, King's Road, more you know, technical ground and pound type of deal. And it's basically like y'all can keep doing all this stuff, and when we get our hands on you, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna keep our hands on you. And uh, I think you eventually got that towards the end. So, 
um, yeah, you know, like you said, it's a fun, fun little run back and forth. Easy to tell. I always appreciate stuff like this because it's, it's, uh, you know, the kind of David and Goliath thing of it all, um, but in wrestling form. So, um, yeah, I definitely appreciate it. Good stuff. I, I do want, would wish to have a moment's quiet reflection on Takanori Ito's avalanche German suplex, which is a thing of beauty. It is just gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Just, it, it's. For throwing people around and landing them on their head, it doesn't come much better than that. <laughs> yeah, you'll never get tired of seeing somebody that you know hit a German and then stick it with a bridge. It's just it's yeah. magnifique. It's just, it, yeah. brilliant, and especially he does it like with such like the. I mean, the avalanche um, German suplex has been around for a long time, but usually it's done with a release. Which to, to give it more impact, for in his case, as Ito has got the avalanche position because it's pretty much deadlift when he does it, and then he yeah. lands it the bridge. It's just like, oh my god, you are so talented! And I think, wow, how do you do that <laughs> and not break the guy's neck? So yes, it's just insane. Um, let us move on though. We next got the the three in a row gauntlet matches between Tetsuya Iska and Isi Onitsaku as sixty seconds went up against. Um, strong hearts. The first match was only three minutes and thirty-eight seconds. It was a bit of a blast, to be honest. I kind of you kind of blink and you miss it kind of deal. Um, uh, Iska took the win, um, and it was you know a bit of a surprise for the sixty seconds guy to take the win. I mean, Onitsaka's not old; he's twenty-six, and Iska's only twenty-two. But it was like the veterans were on the back foot already. Um, Onitsaka was is just kind of a fun character. He's a really good wrestler. As you have to be really good to be in Strong Hearts anyway. But he was really, really good. And yeah, this was absolutely fantastic. Even if it was only three minutes and thirty eight seconds long, it did what it needed to do. Kind of took Iska lightly and paid for it, which is where we were at with that. Yeah, I mean, agree one hundred percent. Like I said, I was before we when we was getting to it, I was like, I'm kind of finding myself kind of hard to remember anything specific about the match. And then you realize, like you said, it went like three minutes because um, it's the next match that we're going to get off into that really stuck with me. Um, but yeah, like you said, it did what it needed to do um, specifically in relation to, like you said, the store of the match where you take your opponent lightly, you get caught. And the one thing I definitely appreciate about this show overall, you saw a lot of unique pin and consistent pin combinations. Um, from small packages, uh, cradles, to, you know, uh, Lamahi Strada, the like, and all that. So, um, for a lot of this, a lot of these things, it was very much about like just getting the win, not necessarily doing it in a, the flashiest way. Cause like you said, it's you got these factions, and if you got one one faction already up, then another faction just trying to come in and get a win, not you know, get this big uh, showy uh, type of deal. So, I definitely appreciated that element of it yeah definitely it's what made these matches so much fun there was there was they felt like they meant something and i I like the fact that they even make this is a small house show but they make it feel important and each show has a dedicated storyline they're trying to do something fresh with each show uh they're trying to tell a story on each show and that's what really what wrestling should be about you know they're not just doing it for the sake of doing it if that makes sense They're, they're actually thinking a lot about it i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that kaz hayashi is the director, um, and he basically essentially is the the, the um, chief booker kind of position, and he genuinely came, seems to enjoy booking wrestling because he's been around forever. You know, he started off with 
uh, Michinoku Pro, which was a storyline-based promotion full of characters. He went to WCW, which doesn't get much more storyline and character-based than late WCW. You know, um, swam or curl against Vince Russo for a couple of years. <laughs> and then he went back to Japan, uh, an old Japan guy, you know, did, has done pretty much everything you can do in wrestling. And he's got one of those minds, like Jado and Gado in New Japan. Like, he's the, it's not groundbreaking stuff what they're doing, but they're just yeah. executing basic wrestling storytelling really well. And I think that's really important. Absolutely. Okay, so next match is a man who has been in the news a lot recently, the G-Rex champion. L. Lindemann, who defeated Jun Tonsho of 60 seconds in 9 minutes and 26. Lindemann um, has been in the Best of Super Juniors this week. He had, uh, obviously, that number one contenders match with Shinya Hero Iri. The championship match was on Thursday. I, no, it would be on Wednesday at Hurricane Hall. So he wrestled Best of Super Juniors on Monday night, Best of Super Juniors on Tuesday night wrestle for Glee on Wednesday night, then wrestle for Best of Super Juniors on Thursday and on Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> um, he has been all over the place. Caused some consultation when he said Dookie, who was his first round opponent, really wasn't going to get any better and he needs to kind of change his style if he wants to become a better wrestler. Um, and then promptly lost to Dookie. <laughs> so that, that went well uh, for him. But Lindemann is an outstanding professional wrestler, and I don't want to downplay Jun Tosho, who, Tonsho, who's also outstanding as well. Um, and these two had a bit of a barn so I enjoy this. I'll watch El Lindemann wrestle a broomstick, and I know it'll be entertaining. So when he's got somebody to go with, it's always going to be fun. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? No, absolutely. Everything you said about it. And shout out to Lindemann, man. Uh, sound like he had that uh, last time we talked about... Um, what I was, I think it was Impact when the Briscoes had that hell of a run that weekend. Um, and it was all over the place. Uh, or maybe it was somebody else who was talking about. But yeah, I always appreciate when the guys, specifically champions, kind of just go on. It's like, okay, I'm booked from Friday to next Friday. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, across, across everybody's company, let's do it. And then they have cracking matches. I appreciate that. But yeah, but this is probably my second favorite match. Um, other night because um, it was just it, it was just like I said it was that that another easy story to tell and then Lindemann has a hell of a look to him as well um, yeah but Tosha was like I don't got time to play with this dude I'm not trying to prolong this match the minute that bell rang he was on him like like flies <laughs> on, on, on horse poop for real like it was he, he did not have time to play he was on him did everything he could and uh yeah, he just, uh, you know, Lindemann's, you know, very much, like you said, that guy. Um, but he made him work for it, which I appreciated it. So, um, yeah. obviously, like I said, Linda's, Linda's the guy, but when he's got somebody to go with, it could be a crack in the match. And like you said, this was a, felt like a bomb burn. I think that the, the next match, they had a hell of a thing to follow it up, and we'll get off into that. But, yeah, that Lindemann is definitely somebody that stands out. It's not because... Um, of his brawn, shiny like physique, you know, once he steps into that, that ring, you realize why he's a champion. Oh, yeah, and he's got Desperado on Tuesday. How about that? Nice, nice. <laughs> that was, they basically talked that match into existence. Kevin Kelly described it as this morning on Sunday. On Mr. Super Juniors, he's wrestling Desperado, Desperado's wrestling Elm Lindemann on Tuesday. They've talked it about enough, it's actually going to happen. But yeah, it's it's that's going to be something special. I that like 
of all the best of Super Junior matches, it's not necessarily all the aerial guys I've really wanted to see. Despy and Linderman, they're the two I want to see. That's going to be amazing. So we'll see how that goes. And then, you're right, next up we had Keiichi Sato versus T-Hawk. And T-Hawk took the win from the victory for Stronghearts in 13 minutes and 31 seconds. T-Hawk's been on a tear this year. He's really, really good. And again, he has another outstanding match here. Um, i tell you what he did this week. Because <laughs> he um, made himself, uh, he introduced himself to the New Japan roster, shall we say. Um, and challenged all of them. Open open challenge to anyone on the New Japan roster who thinks they're hard enough, which uh, is obviously created some tension. So we'll see how that goes. But this is a good, excellent match and truly showed off T-Hawk style, as well as Sato as well, who's no slouch. Thoroughly enjoyed this. Excellent match. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Yeah, this, as a both New Japan and Impact fan, this felt like that X Division or, or Super Junior... Uh, Super Junior's match that that kicks off the show and kind of steals it early. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, um, but also like I said, it was it was late in the night, but it was it was a hell of a thing, man. These guys really went out there and killed, it, and you felt like it by the time the match came to an end. Um, and I I could have watched another twenty minutes. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. These two can go. I mean, uh, Saito is how old is he? Been in the business for six years. He's twenty nine. Um, he's not like you know like he's not I think he's not much of a fire wrestler he's more of a technical wrestler if that makes sense you know technical kind of baby face Um, and I think that's fine Um, and I think that's the thing what gets him by is the fact he's such a good super worker and when T-Hawk's somebody to go with then he really can shine and that's that's the thing I'm intrigued as to who they think they will put up against T-Hawk because he isn't really a junior heavyweight. He looks like a junior heavyweight, but he's he's an heavyweight in attitude and in style. So I'm intrigued as to who New Japan's going to send after him. I'd like it to be Shingo myself. I think they would have an amazing match and it would kind of crawl back to the Dragon Gate days for both of them. So that'd be intriguing, but I'm not sure who they're going to get to wrestle each other. But we'll see, I guess. Yeah. Um, anything else you got to say about this match, or should we move on to the main event? Oh no, man! Like I said, I just appreciate it. And if you would have, if you would have, this is I definitely think it's contender for match of the night. Um, like I said, they, they kicked it off good. They kicked it off good, and uh, the match with Lindemann uh, really kind of set a tone. But it's definitely in my top three tonight. Okay, then the last match was the main event: Hayuki Tamura, Kazuma Sakamoto, Quiet Storm, Arayuki Kawakama. Of Bulk Orchestra defeated Kolakants, Sima and Minoru Tanaka, uh, Samoa, Samoa Watanabe, and Yoi Iska. Kolakants is a tag team uh, involving Shima, Minoru uh, Tanaka, and uh, Kaz Hayashi, which is kind of like a, a sub. <laughs> it's a subgroup of strong hearts. Shima's in both. Shima's in both. Uh, Samoa Watanabe, I think, is likely to be the long-term babyface for the company. Um, and uh, Iska has been trained by Kazayashi and Kyoshi Tamura. Um, and then you've got Bulka Kastru, who was the big heel faction, with Tamura, uh, who is the Tamura, who's the leader of the group. Uh, Kaz Sakamoto, who's the 
pretty much the, the muscle of the group. Raichi Kiwakama and Quiet Storm, who's the, the Gaijin of the group. Quiet Storm came over from, I think it was from All Japan. He wrestled for All Japan for years and his contract wasn't renewed. And he was pretty much done with wrestling in Japan because he didn't think anyone would take him on. And then all of a sudden they were like, we need a Gaijin heel. And he was like, oh, I, I could do that. And he can do it very, very well. I absolutely loved this because they were brawling outside. And so <laughs> he's, I can't remember who he's eating. I think he's eating Minoru Tanaka. And he's just like wailing on him. And Tanaka's speaking to him. And Storm's just going, I don't speak Japanese. I'm sorry. It's like if Will Ferrell was a pro wrestler. <laughs> it's just like, it was amazing. I love that bit. I thought this match was just stupid five-on-five fun, which broke down into a wrestling match in the end once all the brawling had kind of calmed down and they got it out of the system. And uh, Bulk Orchestra are amazing because they have kitchen aprons for their uh, merch. I don't know why they have kitchen aprons for their merch. I'm sure there is probably a reason. If anyone can tell me, I'd like to know why. Uh, but yeah, they have. They don't have T-shirts. They have kitchen aprons. There you go. And it's just a brilliant group of people who are good at being obnoxious. And I thoroughly enjoyed this. What did you think of this one, Marcus? No, I'm right there with you. I kind of just allow myself to turn my brain off and just enjoy this. Um, you know, it kind of takes me back to when you, you just kind of just watch those, you know, big big five-on-five five or what have you, exchange between Chaos or suzuki Goon or L.I.J. or what have you. And, you know, they just go out there and just have a, a brawl fall. In, in a lot of ways, and this kind of felt like that, and uh, definitely a wide variety of uh, aesthetics and styles in this match, and uh, I just appreciate it all. Like I said, this was just a fun close to the show. Yeah, for sure. It was just a nice way to round out the show. You, I mean, they do, they've done so much with, like, the, the singles matches to make it, like, a proper show, if you see what I mean, and then this is just the right thing to kind of finish things out because it continues the story. The big feud is, of course, um, the baby faces against Bulk Orchestra, and it was nice to have somebody that wasn't strong hearts in the main event. I love Soma Watanabe. I think Soma Watanabe is the future of this company, may well be the future of Japanese wrestling. I think he's just a star. Absolutely just, you, look, he's 23 years old, and you just stand watching him in the ring, and I kind of think like Okada level, you know, He's got all this poise, he's got all this timing. He looks like a young Goshiyazaki. He's, you know, of all the aces currently available for you in Japanese wrestling, he's kind of like this distilled mix of all of them. And I think if they do the right things with him, he could be an absolutely massive star. Because um, he's got everything. He can wrestle, he's a good character, he knows how to play his role really well, he's good looking. You know, everything you'd want in a babyface A star, and he's Got it all, in my opinion. Yeah, I won't. Look, I'm not gonna disagree. Like I said, um, they certainly got a wide, like I said, a wide variety of of, of potential in this uh, match. You, you had monsters, you had guys that look like juniors, guys that look like juniors but weren't, but were more like heavyweights, actual heavyweights. Like they got one thing you definitely appreciate about Gleet from just this show alone is their roster. You know, so. Yeah, no, it's 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 excellent, just outstanding. It's just um, just really really good. And what did you think of the company as a whole? Now that you've seen a whole show, because uh, it's it wasn't like one of their big headliner shows. It's just a regular house show. How do you feel about the company now? 
I like it a lot, but it's like you said, not to be a, like one of the big shows. I still some I appreciate it. I might. Um, this is definitely something you can, you can watch on a week to week basis. Um, specifically when they're bringing in talents from from you know, they already got like a great roster. Like I said, just coming off this show, but you know they they also, you know, important you know, guys like Shingo and and others from other companies come in and, and have a great mix, which I'm looking forward to watching. Um, but this is just something I appreciate. Like I said, it's a great uh, also alternative to New Japan, who sometimes, depending on what's going on, you can kind of take you out of their own narrative sometimes. Um, and you can kind of just turn this on and appreciate the, the smaller things. Um, that hit just as hard, but just on a uh, more felt, feels like regulated scale. Sometimes it's, like, even a great thing can have a lot of stuff going on sometimes with New Japan. So um, very much appreciate being put on something like Glee. Because like you said, even with no commentary, what have you, not knowing much, it's still something you can watch and follow and appreciate. Yeah, for sure. Well, that kind of wraps us up on this show for today. We're going to record another show, which you'll hear first, because we're going to do today at Best of Super Juniors, which we will go out yesterday once you've heard this. And if you want to watch today, listen to today at Best of Super Juniors, the whole playlist is on the Troopany show. I've done a bunch of shows over the last few days. It's not always the best of, of, of sorry, today at the Best of Super Juniors. It might be last Wednesday at Best of Super Juniors because things are getting crazy. They're doing two blocks a night this week. So the A block and the B block are it's going to be like 10 tournament matches. They're sending all the tag teams home. Well, this is it, lads. We're on the run. So I might not get all of it watched because that's like three hours of important wrestling, which is insane. Yeah. I don't know doing with when they plan this out but there you go uh so to digest all of that may require a bit more time than i actually have but anywho um yes if you want to catch up with what's on best of super juniors they're little five ten minute shows that tell you the results and give you my opinions that's all we do so it's kind of a little palate cleansing show to give you the roundup and see you if you don't have time to watch everything you can get caught up with it we offer it as a service to you free of charge but thank you very much for listening to us today. My name's James Troopany. You find me at Sheriff Lone Star. Where can we find you on Twitter and the internet, sir? Yes, you can find me on Twitter. Always happy to talk to anybody at Paradox Kid. That's P-A-R-A-D-O-X-K-I-D. You can also find me on Instagram at Sheriff Lone Star TX. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn if you really want to find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> This week I made friends with Jeff Cobb and um, uh, Buff Bagwell. Because, you know, and some old mates who used to play in the band with me. I'm yeah. trying, to leave, trying to use one of my friends who I've known for years, uses LinkedIn like you would use Facebook. And I think that's the right way of going about it. Because it's not a particularly enjoyable social network. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, you can find the show at Troopany Show. You can find us at Patreon, The Troopany Show. I know Facebook, The Troopany Show. But if you keep to Patreon, you can help us keep The Troopany Show free forever for everyone and help us pay for our SoundCloud bill, which is really the only cost we have of this show. If anyone would like to sponsor us, please get in touch. Let us know. Um, and we'll be back on maybe Wednesday with today at Best of Super Juniors and definitely next Monday with The Troopany Show. We don't know what yet. Hopefully, maybe The Gleet Show we were denied this week that would be nice. Yes. Anyway, yes, it would be lovely. Take care, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye.